Screenless. Hello and welcome to another Creative Cuppa, the show where I have bite-sized chats with people working in the many creative industries. I'm Gareth Davis and I'm a composer for TV and also an audio producer. So I really enjoy hearing from creative people in all sorts of different jobs and from all sorts of backgrounds and countries actually, as today will show. There are common threads that fuel creativity in people, whoever they are and wherever they come from. If you know someone who works in a creative job and you think they might enjoy being a guest on a podcast like this, you can nominate them at creativecupper.uk and they will be considered. Now, Isabel Hardesty is a writer for the young adult age group and the fantasy genre where she has created a whole universe of characters. Isabel had some fantastic advice for anyone thinking of being a writer so if you have a cuppa at the ready, yes, here we go. Isabel Hardesty, author and artist. Welcome to Creative Cuppa. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, your day is only just beginning there, isn't it? 6 a.m. Exactly. It's early here, but the sun is very bright. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. One of the benefits of that side of the country. Yes, it is. The US. Where, where are you exactly? I'm in the Seattle area. Oh, lovely. Yes. I'm pretty much straight across from where I'm originally from, which is Miami. So that's... Yeah, that couldn't be any further away, could it? I really, know. in the States. It's so funny, right? <laughs> On your blog, Isabel, yes. you've said... As this year continues to flow, mm -hmm. I'm more mindful of allowing things to unfold in their time, not mine. And you were talking about your tulips. Oh, right. Lovely flowers. Yes. How is 2021 unfolding for you? I think it's going pretty nicely. Um, the tulips right now are pretty much gone, which is fine. It's part of the process. Oh. Of course, the little <laughs> kid in me was like, no, they're supposed to last forever. But I know it's like, right, it's funny. One of those realities of life. Um, yeah, it's going nicely. And I'm remembering to play and just be open to the process and not try to always, always look at the end result, which usually just brings frustration. That's very good. That, I mean, that's very profound very early on in the chat, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. The importance of playing with creativity yes. and not just having your eye on the prize at the end. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. I mentioned there that you're an author as well as an artist. Oh, yes, yes. But let's go back. You received a BFA, which is a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Yes. Uh, from the Pratt Institute for Fashion Design. I did. I went in with a background in fine arts and I went in for fashion and I did work in the fashion industry, but it, essentially I ended up with fine arts at the end. And I was an educator, an art educator for very long time as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So were you set on being an artist at that point? Did you always have your mind open to other creative things? Oh, yes. Always since I was um, a child, I've always wanted to do something in the in the art world because it was just part of me. Yeah. And you actually mentioned that when you were younger, you were focused on telling stories through your paintings. Oh, yes. Uh, so I suppose there was a clue there. <laughs> uh, and you wrote, but you didn't share your 
writings. Right. And then came Dragon Con. It did, it did. <laughs> what, what is, for our listeners, right. what is Dragon Con and why was that a sliding doors moment for you? Um, Dragon Con is a convention, like a sci-fi convention. I believe they have World Con. Um, they have many cons. Of course, Comic Con is very famous. Dragon Con's not as large as Comic Con, but it's pretty large. And um, I started going in 2009 with my husband because my sister told me about it, my sister Rachel. And we went, but part of me was thinking, well, I don't know if I qualify because I do love sci-fi and fantasy, but I don't know every exact thing, like a super, super fan. So I wasn't sure. But when I got there, I realized it's really for everybody. Yeah. Some people do dress up and um, they have gaming there. So when I went to the gaming floor, I was like, okay, this is not for me because the gamers are really seriously gaming at the time. Yeah, and some people do amazing cosplay as though they walked off a set of a movie. But uh, what called to me were the writer panels. I found myself continuously there, even though I was missing maybe some Star Trek panels, which I saw, Battlestar Galactica, and and different other sci-fi fantasy shows. But I found myself, again, writing in my notebook as the different writers would speak. So um, finally, um, a few years ago, there was an open call for an anthology, which was a nice bite-sized introduction to sharing my work so I did it and it was accepted um, and that gave me the encouragement that I needed to continue so at that point were you thinking I would like to write a whole novel or were you just thinking I'd like to write I, yeah I think playing with playing with the creativity like yes you said earlier. exactly I was just playing with it thinking I think I'll just write this short story and then it turned into a novella I purposefully went smaller to novella then I made Novella one, novella two, novella three. And it's about a young woman who um, goes to a place like Dragon Con and she shapeshifts without wanting to because she doesn't take her um, like a quelling pill. So uh, she shapeshifts into a dragon. And I didn't, I wasn't able to select. So they said you have to have either like a shapeshifter, dragon, fairy, or no vampires allowed or any so I was like, okay, no witches or vampires. So um I had to do these things and I wasn't, you know, totally excited with it, but it forced me to be creative in a way that I wasn't ready to do. So why couldn't you choose witches or vampires? It was their um param- the parameters set for the anthology. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you don't kind of rely on the kind of cliched tropes of fantasy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it forced me to think, what would a shapeshifter do? So I made her half shapeshifter and half fairy. So it was fun. Awesome. <laughs> so the Midnight in Belle Fleur followed. Oh, yes. The Witch of Belle. Yes. The Witch of Belle Fleur. With that, you've mixed witches and telenovelas. Yes, I did. So, so this is like a telenovelas are, are quite a South American thing, aren't they? Yes. It's like um, Mexican, South American, um, Caribbean. Um, so basically, growing up in Miami, I remember I cherished the memories of being with my mom and my sisters and even in Georgia watching telenovelas, which are basically Latino, you know, Hispanic soap operas. Soap operas, yeah. So you've mixed that with, I mean, that's unique. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It is pretty wild and crazy. So I wanted to just entertain myself and bring a little bit of South Florida to me when I was living in Georgia. So I started in Georgia and then I finished it last year. So it went from Georgia to Washington. So tell me a little about Midnight in Belle Fleur. Oh, yes. What's it about? The Witch of Belle Fleur. Okay, so the first book is The Witch of Belle Fleur, and the second book is Midnight in Belle Fleur, and that shall be finished this summer. 
Um, um, the Witch of Belfleur is about Juliet, Mariana Fontaine, and she um, she knows that magic exists, but she's not totally in love with it because she's just busy with other things. She's a recent high school graduate, and she has a best friend named Victor, who yeah, she just loves hanging around. Um, so the book starts off where she asks him if magic is real, and they're traipsing through the swamps of South Florida looking for snake venom from a cottonmouth snake <laughs> for her aunt's herbal remedy because her aunt is very ill. She's actually really ill. Doctors don't know what she has. So um, she's Juliet said, I can do it because she has a way with animals. Little does she know her way with animals is because she's uh, a witch. She just thinks it's just what she has. So um, the book starts off where secrets are revealed and uh, she gets her venom. And by the end of, I think, uh, chapter two, she finds a box and a jewel is embedded in her hand. And she enters the world of being a lead witch of Velfleur. Wow. Wow. Oh, Transformation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and you're working on the sequel, yes. Midnight. Sorry, I got those uh, oh, that's the okay. wrong way around. Midnight and Belfleur, uh, which I won't ask about because obviously... That would be a massive spoiler for the end of the first book and all of that. Um, you've also said on your website, Isabel, that you want people and women of colour to see themselves in your novels. Yes, yes. And know that they're a meaningful part of the world they're in. Yeah. Is that something that you feel you've succeeded in doing with the first book? I think so. Uh, yes, I do think so. Um, with the cover, I was toying with the idea of being maybe like Hunger Games type where it's just maybe an image or like the jewel but I wanted women of color to see themselves in young girls and young boys and for people who are not of color just to say, oh, wow, this book is representing a different person. I once said, I once heard, not said, that would be great to say it, but I heard that <laughs> books can be either a window out into the world or a mirror looking in. So it's nice to be able to look out and for some yeah, others sorry. to see with, you know, see themselves. So I think I did a good job of that. Well, I hope I did. Yeah, fantastic. And and you're also partnering with the King County Library System in the Seattle area? Yes, we had our first program yesterday. It's called Drawing Across Color Lines. Oh, wow. And um, I, I led a group of people, about 30 people last night, to draw a self-portrait or a portrait focusing on BIPOC community, Black, Indigenous, people of color. So anybody, anybody was able to be there, so... Some people did self-portraits or maybe a portrait of a family member or an imagined person. But I just was helping people be mindful of the process of representing others or themselves. And, uh, you know, I talked about a little bit about how Crayola, Crayola crayons in 1962 officially changed the color flesh to peach, which was a big deal. I think it was flesh for about 40 years or more. Yeah. It's still staggering to think that that kind of thing happens, isn't right. it? Right. In our lifetime. Exactly. Well, nearly our lifetime. I, I, yes. Uh, so you were a, a, a brand new writer once. Yes. What kind of advice would you have for new writers? I would say, I know a lot of it is the same thing you hear. I mean, I heard this too, and it made me think, oh, gosh. But, you know, believe in your dreams. Don't give up and enjoy the process. And this is not what you want to hear all the time. And people say, right, right, right. But um, I think it's it's nice to be willing to be a newbie at something, to be wrong, 
to get it wrong and to be vulnerable. Mm. It's not always easy, especially if you're good at something else. And sometimes people are lawyers and they're like, I, I want to try maybe writing or something, but they're so good at one thing. It's hard for them to consider being not so good at something else, but it's actually refreshing. And it just reminds us of, uh, I don't know, the kid in us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd add play with creativity yes. on, on there as well. Your, your own advice. Play with it. Yeah. Cause it, I, I think, uh, I've, this has come up before on the podcast about, uh, failure yes. and, um, people don't want to see or be seen to fail. Exactly. You know, especially with social media around. Yeah, right. It's it's such an important part of the process, isn't it? It's an important part of the process, yes. And uh, part of being human, too. Um, yeah, we do see on social media, everyone's saying, this is my perfect life. But, you know, <laughs> I think the ones that sometimes do so well on social media are the ones that are vulnerable, are imperfect. But we don't remember those posts. We just remember the posts where they're walking on a red carpet, probably. But... We don't, we don't remember the one, maybe, I don't know if potentially, I'm just going to say Hugh Jackman when he shows how he fell or he talks about a major flub that he did. We just think, oh, he's being charming, but it's actually vulnerable. But, you know. It's, here's to the flubs. Yes, yes. here's to the flubs. <laughs> <laughs> so that's brilliant, Isabel. Where, where can listeners find you and your work oh, online? Yes, you can. Talking of online. Yes, you can find me at Isabel Hardesty. Dot com, And I have my blog. I have to do more blogs lately. Um, <laughs> and uh, my books are on Amazon now. And uh, yes, I'll be at Dragon Con. So if you're going to be there, you can find me. Also, I think um, Dragon Con's going to do a lot of things virtually this year, like last year. So I'm sure that um, some of the panels I'll be on should be available online. That's wonderful, Isabel. I'll put those links for you in the show notes. Perfect, thank uh, so you. So people can reach out if they'd like to. But for now, Isabel Hardesty, have a magical day. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> and you too. Thanks for joining me for a cover. Thank you very much, Gareth. Thanks again to Isabel for sharing her experiences. She had a brilliant reminder there to play and just be open to the process and not always try to look at the end result. Really important stuff there. Hopefully, if there are any budding writers listening or even actual writers, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me via the website at creativecupper.uk or on any of the Screenless socials. Just search for at ScreenlessPod and comment or message, whatever you like. As always, if you like this episode, a positive rating and review would be wonderful. You can find out how to do that at creativecupper.uk. This episode was produced by The Sound Boutique, and if you're thinking of starting your own podcast, The Sound Boutique can help. Head to thesoundboutique.com forward slash podcasts for more information. That's all for now. So until next time, thanks for joining me for a cuppa.